A riddle wrapped in a mystery, inside an enigma, tied off with a who really cares? It's Giddo's nasty notes. <laughs> Hello. I'm Sir Dr. Alex Sarand. Due to a gentleman's agreement and strict contract with his lawyers, I'm obliged to read Gibbo's nasty notes on this dreadful podcast. I'm a retired professor of Western civilization, marooned here on this godforsaken Pacific Highland. The lawyers do permit me to say that I have had a difficult history with Gibbo and that I really do read these notes reluctantly. That's right, listeners. Each week, my conservative old Western Civ professor meets me at a studio to read aloud whatever I write for him. He also has a right of reply to defend himself. My name is Tarquin Gibbs, and my advice is don't make bets or gentlemen's agreements. Oh, and our no-nonsense Jane helps with the music and technical side of things. Enjoy. We're starting the show with Sir Dr Lord Sarand in the vocal box, moaning about his life on the island. From the bitter way he speaks, you wouldn't guess this great island raised him for the best part of his life. And no one knows why he so deeply loves another island, a cold, dank and wet one, that he only ever spent a few years in. He really is a mystery, tied off with a who really cares. He begins today by complaining about his life, which will make him happy, because complaining is the thing that he most likes to do. Jane, is he ready? You're on, Sir Alec. I am still imprisoned on the island. Although I was raised in Chinwangdao and educated as a young man in Oxford, I feel I have never escaped this godforsaken Pacific Island, to which I was misborn. I've been doing my sums. The population of this archipelagic backwater now equals that of the US somewhere between 1795 and 1850. I live 200 years pre-hence. Pre-hence I'll me. Late 1700s London had 2,000 cafes. Shut. They were various. Not 2,000 tokens of the same ersatz coffee house. I've worked hard to imbue this atoll with the breath of Western civilization, but find myself still praying for the day its winds reach these lifeless shores. I languish here in prehistory, a humid eternal present before any humans arrived, before the cliques started talking, the great beforehand, the monster posterior, before records were kept, and if they were kept, it never mattered, never will. They will go unread, unread records. No one will wish to remember this time before their first ancestor. The language I use, and the technology Jane uses to record it, will soon be indecipherable. Oh, Sir Alec, you're still a cheery soul, aren't you? 
just like you were when you directed that dreadful school of Western civilization. Oh, Jane, are you patching him through, are you? Yes, Sir Alec, I've got to follow his notes. Well, Tarquin, our agreement means that I must read your nasty notes, but I can also express my dislike for them. You don't like being on the bottom, do you, Sir Falic? I'd prefer to be on the top. There's power in the bottom, too. You're all about power in the bottom, aren't you, Tarquin? Dinosaur, making fun of power bottoms. I'm simply what I am all of the time. Yes, a dinosaur, just like you were when you ran that silly school of Western Civ. I don't recall you being in the degree of Western Civilization, Tarquin. You just appeared one day and challenged me to a quiz. I thought it was a bit of student fun, not a legal snare to make me read your nasty notes. Well, did you ever lose in front of all your students saying Winston Churchill invented zero and the British East India Company saved ancient Greece? Well, from one perspective... No. The answers are India and the Middle East. Enough. Jane, can you play the next intro so Sir Alec can start reading my first toilet exercise? And Sir Falic, one more thing. Do you think people don't like me because I walk like a... panther? No. Sir Alec, everybody knows you suck. Down far too many medical syrups containing high levels of sorbitol. And those closest to you know that it causes intestinal chaos. Blockages, vacuums, air pockets, surges, rapapeds, whirlpools, and posterior bleeding. Well, my dear, I, Tarquin Gibbs, have created a series of exercises to soothe your windy Western Civ IBS troubles. My toilet routines were developed over years of vigorous testing in city squats. In such busy urban toilets, there was ample opportunity for blind peer review. Cephalic. One of your most honourable duties on this show is to take our listener through my toilet exercises. Each routine has an easy-to-remember name. The Long Jump, Astro Boy, The Yawning Chasm, Yonder Breaks, The Jiggly Quad Bike. If the listener has a Japanese toilet, she can enjoy music while doing my drills. With this in mind, I've made a playlist. Working out on the toilet to Chariots of Fire is my personal favourite. Da, 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 da. Kate Bush's Don't Give Up and George Michael's Careless Whisper are also great. But beware, it so happens that now I can't proceed without oralizing chariots of fire. Okay, Sir Alec, take us away. Please now teach the listener my toilet exercise number one, the long jump. And Sir Alec? Yes. Viva Western Civilization! As you heard, dear listener, Gibbo's just forced me to listen to his vulgar introduction, and now I must teach you his vulgar lavatorial exercise, the long jump. Good God! Jane, can you play the music, please? The long jump. Assume first position, and wait a second for your seat to warm. Take a deep breath. 
And in your mind's eye picture before you the track you must run before you hit the line from where you will launch yourself over the long jump sand pit. Take another breath. And with your eyes opened or closed, it doesn't really matter which when the mind's eye is properly working. Start to run towards the pit. Begin at a comfortable pace. But now you are starting to accelerate faster and faster. Your legs pumping up and down. A little faster still. Until you are running quickly but steadily towards the pit. You can see the wet sand ahead. As the sand comes closer, you ready yourself for your ascent. You are now running fast and steadily, and you see the white line from which you must leap. And now you are on the line, and you lift your legs up and up before you, and then a little higher still. You can see the tiles of the lavatory floor. Now hold your legs as high as they can go, tensing to sustain the height, the muscles of your lower abdomen gripping upon themselves forcefully. And yes, yes, you are clearing the distance. A meter, two meters fall behind you and your legs your piston-like legs are coming down and down, and then they are landing with a thump. Ankles digging into the sand, the toilet's tiles, and you release the athletic tension to relax, relax. You are arrived, and a warm sense of accomplishment washes up over your nostrils. A visceral sensation. You feel newly charged and discharged all at once. There's a new sense of life, and you must, at this end point, think of me, Sir Dr. Lord Surratt, and acknowledge the simple sense of gratitude that is flushing through your body at this moment. Yahoo! Meant to size one, learned and done. And now you are ready for your day. In our next toilet segment, I will take you through the Yonder Breaks exercise. Good boy, Sir Alec. You really nailed that. You're a natural for my toilet readings. Oh, bugger off, Tarquin. Jane, I will now take my right of reply. Dear listener, let me take this break in my scheduled reading of the notes. The free time I have had contracted into this podcast to say that I, the real Sir Alex Sarand, would never say Yahoo or Bonza as Gibbo would made me say. I would... If pressed, say, hooray. But that's the type of fellow, or should I say, fella, 
Gibbo is. Excuse the interruption, Sir Alec, but you didn't sing the lavatory song. Jane, I have regaled the audience with a lengthy description of how to best visualise excretion. Is that not enough? Sir Alec, I'm sorry, but you're contractually obliged to sing it. But it is not even a song, Jane. Sir Alec, please, you know the tune. If you insist, but this is not a tune. Lavatory, 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 Good man, you're done. Thank you, Jane. I'll now return to my question for the listener. Listener, what do you think is more spiritually uplifting about Gibbo? His toilet exercises or his declaration that even feminists cry when someone tells them they have a fat bottom? I have news for Gibbo. Perhaps the suffragette is not angry about the size of her derriere, but rather by being dragged into a set of values she rejects. And instead of lavatorial menticizers, perhaps we can get by in the morning with nothing in our minds save for a vision of the HMS Queen Elizabeth rolling into the port of Tianxin. Sorry, Sir Alec, I'm going to drop in here. If I say you've got a big bottom and then say there's nothing I like more than big bottoms, then you are going to feel flattered. Wisdom note. We want to be praised either by the values we embrace or by the values we reject. It doesn't matter which. That's human nature. Uh, thank you, Master Gibber. I always feel edified after hearing your insights on women and human nature. But to the next segment, we must progress. It's now time for... Polo. Nene. Polo. Chokis. Shrat. Bajra. Puske. Gibbo's Anthropological Notes as read by Sir Dr. Alec Sarand. In Borneo, in the 1930s, when explorers first made contact with the jungle peoples, the Dayaks, it was found the headhunters could take heads. It could not give it. This dereliction was remedied by Dr. Livingston himself, with passionless demonstrations. History point. The name of the actor who originally played Davros in Doctor Who was... David Davros. Sing it, Sir Alec. Sing my philosophical war cry. No, I won't do it. Do you want me to phone the debt collectors with your address? Very well, then. Here is your vulgar ditty. My peace cry. As you wish. <coughs> a great voice without a great song. A great voice without a great song Slight failing to ring with a big dong
another rhinestone in my belt of tragedy. But now it is time for... Root word. Hot spot. Root word. Hot spot. Hey listeners, Gibbo here. Root Word Hotspot is part of the show I keep to myself. Sometimes I sit in with Sir Alec and Jane while they record my notes, and sometimes I punch in during the edit if I want to comment on something silly Sir Alec said. But I've grown attached to Root Word Hotspot, so I'm keeping this segment for myself. The first word for today is the Russian word Tsar. We usually use Tsar to refer to an emperor, but it has its root in the earlier and more common English word star which refers to a celestial object. In 19th century Russia, a super czar was the most imminent of all the emperors. The second root word of today is foreskin, the stuff you can tie up with dental floss. Foreskin is a contraction of the longer word forsaken. After the Jewish moil had cut off the offending flap of skin, he would throw it in the trash can and announce, it is forsaken, which over time became it is foreskin. Such contractions like we see when we closely examine foreskin are very common indeed. Really? I doubt, seriously, the provenance of these definitions. The next thing Gibbo will be waxing lyrical on is the root of the word onus. Waxing onus. Or even more disgustingly, the onus is on you. Or... Please take that onus off me. And the wife puts the onus on her husband to pay the mortgage. But all of this does put me in mind of a brother and sister with whom I went to school in Tianjin. Alice and Harris Rimmer. Lovely people, but who did strange things with deceased animals. Which indeed is a lovely segue to the one thing that promises to bring me some joy in this podcast, a little treasure palette of Gabonian fundament. His novella-length meditation on taxidermy titled Deranging Skins. Jane is right now composing atmospheric and spooky music to accompany Gibbo's reading of it. If there were Anything that put the final nail in the eco-coffin of Gibbo, well, this novella is it. All about his time down under in a coven of anarchists collecting roadkill and using dental equipment to stuff and arrange said kill into unholy shapes. Really, is there no depth to which he will not sink? But his stuffed wombats and plastinated paddy melons will have to wait until next week. 
I have arrived at the part of this podcast I have feared most. A stomach-shaking dread comes upon me every time I think of it, but there is no avoiding it, for I am contractually obligated, and so now I will sing what I must sing. Please, friend, note that he accuses me of Eurocentric eroticism, but it is he, the male feminist, who makes me sing disgraceful tunes such as this. Jamaican, Brazilian, Ukrainian, Thailand, Indian, Congo, Lambia, Congo, Indian, Thailand, India, Congo, Indian, Germanistani, Aru, Brazilian, Moroccostria, Australian, Congo, Lambia, Thailand, Brazilian, Ukrainian, China, Aru. Fiji Booty, Fiji Booty, Lichtenstein, Thailand, Lichtenstein, Thailand, Fiji Booty, Fiji Booty, Lichtenstein, Thailand, Lichtenstein, Thailand, Japan, and Chilatvian. I could not express the sorrow of losing my very soul to a male feminist. May we never speak of this again. Okay, Kibo here. Thank you very much for listening to our first podcast. The thing about Cephalic is that this is exactly how he thinks about women as objects of his exoticizing, orientalist gaze. Consumer items made up of the emerald eyes of this group attached to the lithe brown legs of that one. He really is a dreadful man, but enough of the reactionary old western civ dinosaur for one week. Next week, male geishas. Taxidermy, notes on male feminism, apocryphal etymologies, stories of Gibbo's superpowers, New York stinks, love songs to himself, island life, First Nations words, not running over James Murdoch, and so many other short, tall stories. No legal responsibility is taken by the producers for any injury caused by following the toilet exercises described in this podcast. The bar is low, but I'm still jumping. Our home is patreon.com slash Gibbo's Nasty Notes. 